Well, we're in this series, as Pastor mentioned, called uh, Bounce Back, and this has been a great series thus far. It's good advice for a bad day. How many of you acknowledge that you've had a bad day or two in your life? Come on, wave at me. You've had a bad day or two. We all have bad days. Even as Christians, we can, we can pray every day. We can read our Bibles every day. We can do our best to honor God every day. But that does not exempt us from having difficult days. It's just a part of living in a sin-cursed and broken world. But what this series is all about is learning how to bounce back from bad days. And we can do that if we would learn how to respond rightly to adversity. Specifically, this is a study at the look, uh, look at, the, at the life of Jesus Christ, his, his really final few hours of his time on earth, as we're looking at the sayings from the cross, the seven sayings of the cross. When Jesus was on the cross in his final words, he, he said some things, he communicated some things that, that are loaded with power. And I would say they're not only powerful, but I believe they can be extremely helpful as we look at them and learn from them. How did Jesus respond to what could arguably be one of the worst days in all of history? And yet, it became one of the most meaningful days in all of history. Jesus was not bound by his bad day, but he showed us how to handle a bad day. So my title for this talk, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, you could just write it down or you can open it up and follow along on the Bible app. But my title for today is Bad Day, Best Witness. Bad Day, best witness. When I was a youth pastor, I, I had a young person in our group who uh, got saved at one of our services. Uh, he responded and, and said he wanted to follow Jesus, gave his heart to the Lord. It's a radical conversion, major transformation. I mean, this dude went from not living for God to where he was fired up. Anybody ever met a new convert that was on fire for Jesus? Anybody, you ever seen somebody like that? Just on fire. I mean, he could not wait to go back to school because he wanted to tell all of his friends about Jesus. I mean, he had it all played out. He was so passionate. He's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell everybody what Jesus did in my life. Man, there's going to be revival at my school. All my friends are going to get saved. He was so fired up. He got up that morning. He went to school and he was all thinking this was about to be one of the best days of his life. And let's just say it didn't go as he expected. He started talking about Jesus, and people started looking at him like he was funny, like he, was, like he had lost his mind. And he started telling his friends about what God had done in his life, and some of them started laughing at him. Some of them started making fun of him. They, they started mocking him, giving him a hard time, calling him names and all this. So by the end of the day, as he was leaving, he, he left dejected, defeated, discouraged, it hadn't gone anything like that, he thought. It, it turned out to be a really, really bad day, not the great day that he was hoping for. Well, he came to our small group meeting that night. And that night he came up to me and he said, uh, he said Pastor Scott, I got to tell you what happened when I went to school. I said, man, tell me what happened. What, what went on? Tell me about it. He said, it was terrible. I said, well, it was terrible. 
He said, yeah, it was horrible. He said, they didn't, they didn't receive, nobody got saved. He said, they were all laughing. They were, they were making fun of me. It, it was just bad. I said, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Because, you know, that'd be hard for any of us, right? But especially for a teenager in that kind of a peer pressure-packed environment. It's just, it t- and so I said, man, I'm so sorry. He said, yeah, I don't think I handled it very well. I, I think I mishandled something. I said, well, you did. What do you, what do you mean? He said, yeah, I don't, I don't think I responded the right way. I, I probably shouldn't have, I probably should have done what I did. I said, well, man, what, what do you mean? What, what did you do? He said, well, I know I mishandled. It was bad. I don't know what I said. I said, man, what did you do? What happened? He said, well, they were laughing at me. They were making fun of me. And I was just so upset. And I was just so mad. I was trying to tell them about Jesus. And they're, and they're mocking me. He said, so when I left that day, I went out to the parking lot. And I found the kid's car. And I, I took my car key. And I wrote in the side of it, Jesus loves you. Church, how many know that is not the way to reach the world? Key the car evangelism. That's not the way to do it. That is not the way to do it. He allowed his bad day to turn into a bad witness. All of us have bad days, but we don't have to have a bad witness. As a matter of fact, the point of my message today is to say that our bad days may just be the perfect opportunity for our best witness. Can you say amen to that? And so we see this even when we look at the life of Jesus beaten flogged, crucified, his hands and his feet pierced, a great loss of blood. And in this story of the crucifixion, we know that Jesus is on the cross and on either side of him, a criminal to his left, a criminal to his right, these two thieves that are being crucified along with him. And, and, and we see that each of them, the three, Jesus and the two thieves, all having a bad day. But interesting to see how each of them responded differently. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 says, one of the criminals, somebody say one of them, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Can you imagine it? Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Can you believe the audacity? The most beautiful, purest expression and demonstration of love of all time, love personified. God become flesh and surrendering, giving his life because of his love and hadn't done anything to deserve this execution. But while a criminal next to him is sitting, that, that just feet, mere feet away from such beautiful love, he has the audacity to say, well, if you are who you say that you are, go ahead and do something. Are you just talk? I guess that's one way to respond to a bad day. Maybe that's even the environment you were raised in. Maybe that's what you learned to do. Maybe that's the way you've lived your life to where you go through a bad day, everybody else is going to have a bad day. You know anybody like that? If I'm going to have a bad day, it's not going to be just me. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm hurt, I'm confused. And a lot of times, what do we do? We lash out at whoever's closest to us. Well, 
That's an option. But it's not our only option, thank the Lord. It says in verse 40, but the other criminal. But the other criminal rebuked the first one. He said, don't you fear God? Don't you know you're under the same sentence? We're just, we are punished justly. Because we're getting what our deeds deserve. But then referring to Jesus, he says, but this man, he's done nothing wrong. And then look at what happens in verse 42. That second criminal, the other criminal, the second thief, turns to Jesus. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this saying of the cross that we're looking at today, it's found here in verse 43. Remember, Pastor Herbert kicked off the series last week, and the first week of the first saying was, Father, forgive them. It was a message on forgiveness. If you missed it, you got to jump online and check it out. But this second saying here, this is it right here in verse 43. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Crazy. This guy's lived a life of sin, rebellion against God, and in his final few moments turns to Jesus and says, remember me, and Jesus says, truly. I'm telling you the truth. You can bank on this. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Powerful statement. I want to draw three thoughts out of this that I believe if we will do this, it will help us to help better navigate and get through a bad day. How many of you say, Scotty, I need it because I need to get through some bad days. Come on, wave at me. You want to know how to get through a bad day? Here's what we do. We're going to learn from Jesus. Number one, if you're taking notes, write it down or follow along on your Bible app. Number one, remember why you're still here. Don't forget it. You want to make it through your bad day? Remember why you're still here. Don't lose sight of it. Anybody excited to go to heaven? Come on, wave at me if you're excited to go to heaven. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'm headed there. You're welcome to come with me. I'd love for you to come hang out forever. I'm going to heaven. But while I'm still here, not yet there, I can't forget why I'm still here. Even if I'm going through a bad day especially if I'm going through a bad day. I can't forget why I'm still here. Luke chapter 23, verse 42, the thief said to Jesus, remember me. He said, Jesus, remember me. And how many of you know Jesus could have said, oh, I'm gonna remember you all right. Come on, let's be honest. Jesus there, he is feeling all the pain that he's feeling. And this rebel, this criminal, this thief, rejecting the commands of God, rejecting the love of God, rebelling against the ways of God. Jesus could have said, I've been down here loving people, serving people, showing compassion to people. I've been doing miracles. I've been feeding people. I've been healing people. I've been doing all of this stuff. And you didn't have time for any of that. No, 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 no. You've been out running wild. You've been out rebelling. You've been doing out crazy stuff. And now you realize you're coming down to the end. And now you say, remember me. Oh, I'm going to remember you. Jesus doesn't do that, does he? It's not how he responds. 
Can we just all pause for a moment and say, thank you, God, that Scotty was not the one on the cross who had to do this? Because I don't know about you, but when I am at my weakest, but Jesus remembered why he was still here. As a matter of fact, Jesus' whole mission was to come and rescue the broken and the hurting. Luke 19 removes all doubt of why Jesus came in his own words. Luke 19, verse 10. Just a few chapters in our Bible before we get to this moment of Jesus on the cross. Just a few chapters earlier, Jesus in his own words. Luke 19, 10. He says, here's why I came. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The reason I left heaven to come to earth was to seek and save the lost. The reason I left the perfection, the splendor, the glory, the beauty of uh, ma ma majesty of all of it. And the reason I came to this broken, dirty, sin curse, well, the whole reason I came was to seek and to save the lost. The reason I'm on this cross was to seek and save the lost. The reason I let them be. How many of you know Jesus didn't have to do that? He could have said, angels, Go ahead. He could have done that, but he didn't do it. Why? The whole point, his whole purpose, he remembered. He didn't lose sight of it. When he's there on the cross in his weakest moment, he thought, this is my chance to do what I came to do. And even in our hard times. Listen, some of us, if we're honest, just to give us a bad day, all we have to do is just get a little bit hungry. You know anybody like that? Just a little bit hungry. They don't need devastation. They don't need disaster. They don't need catastrophic. They just need hungry. And they'll just get demon-like. You know anybody like that? Or somebody, they get a little sleepy, and you're just like, whoa, whoa, okay. Hey, here's a Snickers bar. Or take a nap. Do something. Come out of them in Jesus' name. Like, they just get bad. It's just a little sleepy, a little hungry, you know, a little, little tired, a little frustrated. Something work doesn't go, and they're ready to lash out. They're ready to, to, to be angry. They're ready to be frustrated. I know that I struggle with that and what I want to do is I want to turn inward if somebody has done me wrong man I'll listen I'll throw a pity party lickety split anybody else good at that just and you're all invited to pity me I mean I will if I get inward in my thoughts I will lose perspective and I will lose sight of what really matters Listen, friends, even when times are hard and days are bad, we don't want to forget the fact that on our worst day, the world is still watching. And they may not use these words, but they're saying in their own way, remember me. I know you're having a bad day, but at least you're on your way to heaven. Don't forget me. See, Jesus knew this dude, he, he, was, he was about to step out of the, the, the right here and the right now into eternity. Jesus is like, oh, I remember. This is why I'm here. But Jesus, you've been through so much and they spit in your face. They thrust the crowns into you. They flogged you. They beat, they hammered you. And in this moment, what's your response? This is why I came. That's remembering purpose. Man, I quickly forget the world is watching me. Your unsaved husband is watching you. Your unsaved mom, your unsaved dad, they're watching you. Your boss, who is far from God, is watching you. And what if on your worst day, despite whatever you're carrying, God sets you up for your best opportunity to witness and show the people who are hurting and crying out in their own words, because they don't always say it like that, but they're saying, in the midst of all you're going through, don't forget me, I'm watching. My daughter, Angel, was at home 
home alone one day, and, and I was up here uh, at the church, had meetings, had a lot of meetings, had, had a lot. I'm just curious, who watching right now in here, you just say, oh, I just love meetings. I just love them. Come on, anybody? No, nobody loves a meeting. You know, a preacher, a pastor, you have a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings, putting out fires. Call me a spiritual fireman, just putting out fires, just problems, putting out. I got down to the end of my day. I was just tired in my final meeting of the day, and, and one of my other daughters, Kelly Grace, called, and she said, and so I try and take their call because they know I'm at work. Don't call unless you need something. So if it's somebody from my family trying, but, hey, I better check on this. And so answer the phone and say, yeah, what is it, sweetheart? She said, Dad, Angel's home alone. And she's in the closet, and she's scared because she, she, she thinks she heard somebody. I said, okay, well, just walk her through it. You know, tell her it's all right. Tell her everything's okay. You know, she's going to be fine. She doesn't have to worry about it. She said, okay. So I go back to my meeting, and a few minutes later, phone rings again. She's like, Dad, I'm on here. She, she wanted to talk with you. I've got her on the line here, the three of us on, so at different places. He said, got her on the line here. And I said, hey, sweet baby, everything's okay. You, you all right? She said, Dad, I'm in the closet. I said, okay, you're in the closet? Well, well, sweetheart, I'm, I'm sure everything's fine. She's like, no, Dad. She said, there's somebody in the house. I said, well, what, what is it that makes you think that there's somebody in the house? And she said, because I can hear them talking, and I heard them opening cabinets, and I hear them talking. Well, in that moment, I just freaked out. I mean, I'm on, I'm on the phone. I didn't even tell my brother bye. I just jumped up, and I ran. I'm like, hey, well, that's okay. It's all right. And I got in the car. <laughs> Going about 480 miles an hour. Oh, baby, everything's okay. So you heard? She's like, Dad, Dad, would you hurry? I hear him walking back here towards my... I'm driving. I'm like, man, I might go to jail after this, but they're going to have to catch me. You know, I'm just like, I'm, they're going to have to catch me. So I'm just driving. I'm like, yeah, baby. Hey, Daddy just passed Cracker Barrel. See, I'm getting close. Oh, yeah, Daddy's taking a turn right now. I'm letting her know step by step. And she's like, Dad, would you put? And I get her, oh, dear Jesus. So I, I told Kelly Grace was on. I said, hey, Grace, Dad's driving to be there with Angel. Won't you call somebody who can get there a lot faster than Daddy can? Can you do that? She's like, yes, sir. So she called the cops. And, man, I'm just going. I got there at the same time as the cops. And so, you know, they're walking up. And I walk it, And they're all looking at it. And, and then they look. I scared the guy accidentally. He said, can you just? I said, yeah, man, I'm going to go right over here. You just go do what you need to do. And so they, they went in the house. I think it's like three of them, maybe four. I don't remember. And so they go in. And they just search. And. Don't find anything. Well, we put all of our investigative clues together, and what we figured out is that the very first thing that happened, the window was open, and so a door and house slam closed. And so when she heard that, she got in the closet. How many of you know when your senses are up, especially if you're 11 years old, and now everything that you're hearing, because the window that was open now allowed her to hear in this closet, doors closed and senses up, people in the yard next door talking. And then in the kitchen, because of the exhaust fan, it was going. Ch -ch 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 She's like, oh, dear Jesus, they're in the kitchen. I hear them, and now they're, now, now they're in the kitchen. And then a door in the hallway, because of the slam closed, it's like. She's like, now it's coming. It's going to eat me. It's getting closer and closer and closer. So I just want to let you know everything was okay. But you might be wondering, and what were you going to do, Scotty? Broken back, old, messed up. Hey, I'd have beat them back with a Q-tip. I mean, it, it wouldn't matter what I had. I was going to take care of my little girl. 
Don't bother me with questions right now. I'm on a mission. And man, listen, I'll put some Taekwondo on you. You, don't, you ain't never seen it in your life because of my baby. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? In that moment, you could have said anything. How about that game? I'm not talking about the game. How about the weather? I'm not talking about the weather. I am on a mission. If you'd have said to me, hey, should you make a note? Don't forget to take. I don't need a note. I'm not going to forget this. But a lot of times in my life, I'll forget my mission. Because I'm having a bad day. I'm going through something that's hard. I'm going through something that's difficult, and I lose sight. And I got a world around me saying, don't forget me. I really believe that it's one of the keys to surviving our own bad days is when we remember, I'm not here just waiting on good days. I'm headed to heaven. And one of the things that pulls me out of my bad days is remember that there are people around me who are down to their final few heartbeats saying, remember me. Let me give you a second thing. Number two is this. Think Long term. Think long term. Jesus didn't allow his bad day to cause him to lose sight of the bigger picture. And I would suggest, I would go so far as to say it this way, it's probably even what gave him the strength to still be alive at this point. Most people were flogged or crucified but wouldn't have to endure both because oftentimes the flogging alone would have killed them. Jesus has been through all that he's been through, and how would he possibly have any energy or stamina left at this point? And I would suggest to you it's because he was looking beyond the moment, and he was still on mission. The thief said, remember me. And now look at verse 34. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. There's so much in that little saying that I just love. The first part is truly. Somebody say truly. He's like, I'm not messing with you. I'm not mess making this up. I'm not saying maybe. I'm saying truly. He's not saying possibly. He says, I want you to count on it. Truly, I'm saying to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Bank on it. Count on it. And what I love about it is Jesus knows that this bad day that they're experiencing is just about to be over. He knows that this pain that they're carrying is just about to be done. But we can oftentimes lose sight of that. When we're going through something that's hard, when we're going through something that's difficult, we can think that we are stuck right here where we are forever. But a secret to being able to bounce back from a bad day is the ability to see beyond the moment and think long term. Think beyond the right here and right now. At times, we can't bounce back because we think this bad day is never going to end. We can't see beyond the pain of the moment and be encouraged by the hope of the future. Think long term. You may be saying, but this trial's been going on for years. And that's true in a lot of cases. But even the longest of years on earth... It's nothing compared to the eternity of heaven. It's a perspective-shaping, relative understanding 
compared to all of eternity. Listen, even if you were born with that pain, that problem, and it stayed with you your entire life until your very last heartbeat, I want you to know whatever you're carrying, whatever you're going through, it does have an expiration date. It doesn't go with you into heaven. And life on this earth is short. We can't lose sight of eternity that is long. We can't lose sight of the fact that there's more at stake than just the immediate. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Life on this earth is short. Then what? Or Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. What the Bible is clearly through love teaching us is that life on this earth is short, and then after life on this earth, we will all stand before God, and we will all be judged for our lives while here on earth. This is a statement of love. It's not this fear-driven thing. It's this, hey, this is how this works. When life on this earth is over, and it's but a vapor, it's a mist, it's here, and then it's gone. Listen, after that, you will face judgment. I like the way it's written in the message. Listen to the message version. It says, everyone has to die once, then face the consequences. Christ's death was also a one-time event, but it was a sacrifice that took care of of sins forever. That's the reality is that life can be hard. Days on this earth can be dark. The pain is real. But when you think long term, you realize Jesus paid it all. Jesus showed me amazing grace. Jesus bought my freedom. Jesus provides my healing. Jesus looked beyond the moment because he knew this is about to be over. It's not going to last forever, but he's about this thief. He's about to seal his fate for all of eternity. And so I'm thinking long term. Jesus knew that there was a heaven to be gained, a heaven to be enjoyed, a place that would be free from all pain and all heartache. No more bad days once we're in heaven. No more depression, no more anxiety, no more pain, no more loneliness, no more abandonment, no more abuse. He's like, I know that's where we're headed. He saw past the moment. He knew there was a heaven to be gained. And listen, he knew there was a hell to be avoided. A hell to be avoided that's worse than anything that we could imagine. It's the presence of everything bad and the absence of anything good. God does not want any of us to go there. But those who reject his love, those who say no thanks to his grace, will spend forever separated from God, paying the price for their own sin, all because they said, I'll do it my way. And it will be beyond bad. Jesus knew that this, guy, this guy's bad day could become a bad eternity. And Jesus was thinking long term. Listen, I don't in any way want to minimize any kind of pain that you may be carrying today. Because in a, in a room this size and with those watching online, there are all kinds of problems, pain, and difficulty that are real. They're heavy. 
at times feeling overwhelming. Can even feel like there's no way out. When will this ever end? And I'm just trying to bring you a word of hope today. It has an expiration date. And in the midst of your bad day, you may just have an opportunity to have your best witness. And by keeping your eyes on what's long term, it will help you to make the moment, the, the, the most of this present moment and what you're going through in this bad day. There's this third and this final piece that I'm going to give you, and it's this, how to make it through a bad day. Live with the kind of perspective that Jesus had. Live with his kind of a mindset and an attitude. And number three, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus writes this, it's recorded in the book of the Bible called Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, so be careful. Somebody say, be careful. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Come on, he's saying, don't live like a fool. We don't want to be fools. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be unwise. We want to be wise. He says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Look, in these, what kind of days? Evil days. Like he didn't even say bad days. He said evil days. He said, you've got to be prepared for and alert and ready to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. It doesn't matter if it's a good day. It doesn't matter if it's a bad day. If it's a fun day, if it's a hard day, if it's something to where you feel like the birds are singing and the sun is shining or if the thunder and lightning are flashing all around you, you're going through something that feels like hell on earth. He's saying, you've got to make the most of every opportunity, even in these evil days. Jesus, in that dark, dark moment of history, he made the most of it. Despite the way he felt, despite all he had been through, Jesus didn't focus on himself. He stayed on mission, and he knew that this was a moment that would affect this dude's eternity. And church, I just want to remind you today that you and I have limited time left on this earth. And people's souls are hanging in the balance. When you have a moment to share the love of Christ, don't allow the difficulty of your day to cause you to miss a kingdom opportunity that could affect their eternity. Students, when you're at school, make the most of it. Don't fall into the junior high or the high school scene, the drama scene, the, the peer pressure scene. You're having a hard day. Somebody's messing with you. Somebody's laughing at you. Listen, don't you be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stand strong. Be bold in your faith. What well, looks like it may be a bad day or a hard day for you. Listen, your bad day could be your best witness. Show them that you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Moms, dads, when we're at work, make the most of it. You're not working for man. You're on assignment from God. Don't forget that you are there to be a light and to share hope with those around you. They may not say it the right way, but they're pleading, remember me. Make the most of that. In your neighborhood, make the most of it. Meet your neighbors. Be kind to your neighbors. Take a gift basket to someone when they move into the neighborhood. Like, Be a bridge builder. At the HOA meeting, I'm stepping on some toes now, Make the most of it. Don't get caught up in things that don't matter. Don't become so distracted that you're focused on winning a battle, but you lose the war. Come on, win their hearts. Share Jesus at the ball game. Make the most of it. Don't miss out on a divine appointment for the sake of an eight and under basketball game. If you've ever been to one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How quickly we can lose sight of eternity. Soccer game. Cussing out the referee. Screaming. Hollering. Losing your mind. You're like, well, I was just having a bad day. I don't typically, I just having a bad day. We can justify it. But I think that Jesus is saying on your worst day, you may have a chance to share your best witness. Show them Jesus. Not denying the difficulty or the challenge. I'm just saying wherever you are, make the most of every opportunity. Bounce back. Make the most of it. Life is short. Eternity is long. There's a window. There's an urgency. The devil will do whatever he can to throw you off mission. Don't let him bounce back. You bounce back. Let the world see how you can handle life's difficulties, no matter what your day is like, because you have the God of the universe with you and he's for you. Let them see what it looks like to have peace in the midst of a storm. The doctor's report may be real, but you can bounce back. You may have wrecked your car, true enough. It may be totaled, but you can bounce back. You may have stress at work, the pressure is real, but you don't have to let it keep you down. You can bounce back. Why? Because you're on a mission and the world is watching. And your bad day may just be your best witness. Don't let the devil throw you off. We're on our way to heaven. Let's take people with us. What would it take for the devil to throw you off your mission? There's a young lady by the name of Marissa. Marissa was a student in Pastor Joseph Kellogg, our next-gen pastor. He, she was a student in his former youth ministry. She got called to be a missionary. Young teenage girl saying, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll go tell people about Jesus. Then she finds out that her mom is sick with cancer. It was just a, a gut-riching journey. Uh, all kinds of ups and downs. It would look like she had it beat, and then she would have some type of setback. Marissa and her family pleading with God, begging God to heal her mom. Ultimately, Marissa's mom passed away from cancer. Marissa was confused, broken, grieving, 
Here she is thinking, I just said yes to the call of God to go to the ends of the earth to be a missionary. All I asked him to do is to heal my mom. And she had to wrestle. But she landed on her spiritual feet and she said, God, I trust you. I know that you're with me. I'll still go. Her brother was processing at a deep level, overwhelmed by the loss and the sorrow, and he didn't know anything better to do but run away. He left. Now Marissa lost her mom, and now they don't know where her brother is. It's rock bottom. I mentioned she's supposed to come and speak, or I should say she was supposed to come and speak at our epic summer camp this past summer. But all of this was going on. And two days before she was supposed to come and speak, she was driving down a busy highway in Houston, Texas. A lot of traffic. Two days before she was supposed to come and speak here at camp. And as she was driving down the road, she had like smoke coming through her vents. And so she called her dad. She's like, Dad, I've got smoke coming through the vents in my car. And he said, well, turn your air conditioner off and see if that fixes it. So she turned off the air conditioner. And the smoke was still coming. She said, it's still coming in. And it's like a lot of smoke. It's, it's getting to be more. And he said, well, try and get over to the side of the road and, you know, turn the car off. She's like, Dad, there's so much traffic. I just, I can't even get up. But now my car is filling up with smoke. She said, I can see now my car is actually on fire. He said, you got to get to the side of the road. And as she's trying to maneuver her way over, she realizes in this busy traffic and going full speed down the highway, she's now lost her brakes. She's like, Dad, my brakes aren't working. I can't even. He said, just get to the side. And he said, and you may have to jump out, but you, the car could blow. You got to get out of the car. And so she just cuts across traffic. Car's still moving. She opens the door and she bails. She jumps out. Bell rolls out of the car. Gets banged up and scraped up. Got a picture of the car here I want you to see. The car engulfed in flames. Show the next picture, and you can just see how devastating the fire was. And uh, she called Pastor Joseph and said, here's the story, and here's what happened. He's like, so sorry. Listen, we totally get it, all that you've been through. We're praying for you. Don't even worry about coming. Obviously, you're not coming, but we're just we're praying for you. And she said, oh, no, I'm, I'm coming. She said, I'm coming to preach. The only thing, you can even show that next picture. The car was just so melted. Like, you can see there's nothing left. Except for a first responder came over and said, this is the only salv salvageable piece in all of your car. And it was her Bible. If fire can do that to a car, I think leather-bound paper pages would burn. And she's like, Pastor Joseph, I'm coming. I'm going to preach because the devil cannot stop the mission that God has for my life. She could have said it's been a bad day. I just wonder for me, I wonder for you, how hard does the devil have to work? For some of us, it would take a lot less than that. But what if we purpose? You know what? I may be going through something that's hard, but I'm going to do the Jesus thing. And I'm going to realize that there are people around me who are broken and who are hurting. 
And maybe my bad day is actually the best day for me to share Jesus Christ with others. So closing, practical application. Number one, think of who you know that is away from Christ. Number two, begin praying for them, knowing that the battle is won in prayer. Number three, look for ways to invest in that relationship and invite them to Easter at People's Church. Be used of the Lord. Watch for divine appointments. Watch God open doors as you watch, as you pray, as you invest and invite. And could it be that in a season that's really hard for you, it actually turns out that on Easter Sunday, there are people who say yes to Jesus. And he says to them, hey, you don't have to worry anymore. You'll spend forever with me in heaven, all because of how you stewarded a bad day. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray over you today. And if you just say, Scotty, I want to do that. And I'll need the Lord's help to do that because I'm going through a difficult time. But I don't want to get off mission. I want to use this difficult season to share the love of Christ. Scotty, would you just pray for me? Come on, if that's you, just slip your hand up all over the room. Those watching online. Lord, I pray for all of these who have raised their hands. They're going through stuff that's hard. They're going through stuff that's real. Would you be with them? Would you help them, God? And give them the strength that they need to share your hope with people around them. In Jesus' mighty name.